Roshtuni Radio presents The Cure of Souls Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Roshtuni Narrated by Nathan F. Conkey Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation 43. Marital Counseling The two areas of major concern to people who seek pastoral counseling are money and marriage. Inciting marriage, all sexual problems are included for the simple reason that, for a Christian, marriage is the norm, all non-marital sexual activity is a departure from it. The variety of opinions on sex, marriage and divorce are distressingly many. To cite one opinion, earnestly held by at least one pastor, it is affirmed that any sexual act with any woman immediately establishes marriage and the obligation to go through the marriage rite. The, quote, justification, unquote, for this is found in 1 Corinthians 6, 15 and 16. Quote, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. End quote. Now this is marvellous, quote, logic, end quote. But it has no warrant in scripture. Our union with Christ, George Hodge said, is a community of life. The purpose of marriage is a community of life between a godly man and woman. It is a violation of God's purpose for sexuality to join our bodies to a whore. Others, Catholic and Protestant, have concluded from Matthew 19.3 following that Christ forbids divorce. Moreover, they insist on reading, quote, fornication, end quote, as the same as adultery. In Institutes of Biblical Law, I made it clear that the meanings are very, very different. Moreover, some hold, all remarriages of women wrongfully divorce constitute adultery on the part, not of the woman, of the new husband, Matthew 19.9, as does remarriage by the man securing the divorce. Again, the meaning of this depends entirely on the word fornication, which is broader by far than adultery. Our Lord in Mark 7.21 clearly differentiates between the two. Fornication does mean sexual conduct between unmarried persons. It applies also to sexual sins in general. But what does it mean in marriage? If our Lord had meant adultery, he would have said so. The death penalty for adultery was already a part of the law. Leviticus 20.10 is very clear, and all our Lord's hearers knew of it. Fornication meant rebelliousness against God and his authority in any sphere. It is equated with uncleanness and covetousness in Ephesians 5.3, and so on and on. Its meaning is a broad one. It means persistent ungodliness. Having said this, we must ask another question. To whom does this law apply? For example, God forbids his holy people to eat any animal that dies of itself. But many peoples then and since have enjoyed such foods. The law thus reads, quote, Ye shall not eat of anything that dieth of itself, 
thou shalt give it unto the stranger that is in thy gate, that he may eat it, or thou mayest sell it unto an alien. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. End quote. Deuteronomy 14.21 In brief, God does not expect the ungodly to live as the godly do. His law for all men is, quote, Thou shalt not commit adultery, end quote, Exodus 20.14. But God also knows the adulterous hearts of fallen men. We must recognise that there is a difference between godly and ungodly marriages. Very clearly, godly marriage is covenantal. Malachi 2.14 A people in covenant with God will marry covenantally. At this point, Roman Catholics, here and there some Protestant churches, have recognised the difference between a covenantal marriage and a non-covenantal, however varied their terminology. Thus, Roman Catholics have not recognised the validity of marriages contracted outside the church, so that the marriage so made is a nullity, as is the divorce. The person has not been truly married. The validity of this stand is that a difference between godly and ungodly marriages is recognised. The fallacy is that church membership and covenant status are equated. A false assumption. In the 1920s and 1930s, and to a limited degree in the 1950s, more than one fallen away Catholic or Protestant would return to the church to seek a bride because he wanted a virgin. His motives were clearly not covenantal. In one instance, in the 1920s, a pastor, suspicious of the young man, insisted that he undergo a medical examination before any premarital counselling. It was quickly discovered that he was venereally diseased. The marriage was cancelled and the pastor was sued, but won. Several other related instances can be cited. I know of several where a godly girl simply married a man out of shame, feeling she had no other choice because he had raped and or seduced her. Could such marriages by any stretch of the imagination be called covenantal? They may be legal in civil law, but how can we call them valid before God? Why look only at the divorce action and not at the original act and all the abuse between marriage and the end thereof? How can the law of God be invoked to validate a lawless marriage? One woman, savagely abused by her husband and her daughter molested, was turned away by all the churches in one small city, save one, where a courageous pastor helped her gain a divorce and a favourable settlement. I heard today of a woman beaten and robbed by two hoodlums who kept repeating to them, quote, Jesus loves you, end quote. The two black men were evil. This white woman was blasphemous. Is it not blasphemy to approach marriage which is totally alien to God's covenant as though it were a covenantal relationship rather than an ungodly one? Some men and some women have spent their marital lives doing evil one to another. Can we call it a godly marriage because neither one committed adultery? In one marriage, 
the husband would stand by the window, watch the woman going by, and masturbate openly? Was this a covenantal marriage? And was the wife bound to her husband until he committed adultery? Was this not a form of fornication and a desertion of his duties as a husband? Paul sees the believing partner in a marriage as free, quote, if the unbelieving depart, end quote, 1 Corinthians 7.15. To depart from a marriage has, over the generations, meant not only a physical departure, but also a departure from one's duties. It has meant willful non-support, drunkenness, and so on. But the new Phariseeism will have none of this. It is holier than God when it comes to divorce. God divorced himself of faithless Israel, but our modern Pharisees will have a Christian remain in ungodly bondage no matter what takes place. I have found a correlation between such Phariseeism and child abuse. The Westminster Shorter Catechism tells us that, quote, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, end quote. To suffer lawlessness is no way to glorify God. Basic to the Bible is God's covenant with man. Every sphere of life is either a covenant sphere or a lawless one. We have no place in the sphere of lawless and uncovenanted life. To condemn men and women to a lifelong bondage to an evil person whose great pleasure is to defile a righteous person is evil and too many churches exalt evil as holiness. Marital counselling is thus too often especially evil because it does not begin with the fact of the covenant. The church has much confessing to do. Well done for listening all the way to the end. This is Nathan, the narrator, speaking to you from Puebla, Mexico, from the Faith for All of Life school in which I teach English as a volunteer. I teach from kinder through high school. Now, I rely on donations in order to keep teaching and recording, so if you want to support a Faith for All of Life school in Latin America and want to keep listening to Rush Dooney while you vacuum, drive or cook, commute or whatever you're doing right now, donate at cten.org forward slash Nathan Conkey. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-C-O-N-K-E-Y, all lowercase. Or if you prefer PayPal, paypal.me forward slash capital N Nathan capital C Conkey. You can also email me at nfconkey, that's nfconkey at gmail.com. Thanks and I look forward to speaking to you very soon.